Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In-Flight Snack, we have Bilal Powell here for his first episode of In-Flight Snack. We talked about the atmosphere at MetLife Stadium. We talked about this team moving forward, a fiery come-from-behind victory. Yeah, they don't have Rodgers anymore, but it's going to be a fantastic season. We previewed the upcoming week against Dallas. We talked about some predictions for that game. We got into all of it. This is going to be a great season. Bilal, you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Lob left for Garrett Wilson. One-handed catch. Oh, he's got it. That's a jet touchdown. Garrett Wilson. It's a toss for Powell. He's got the angle. He's got blockers. And getting away a line drive kick is Sam Martin. Gibson runs under it at the Jet 35. Starts to his left, gets to the 40, turns the corner at the 45, 50. Blockers in front at the 40, at the Bills 30, inside the 20. Stutter steps to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! It's a Jet touchdown! This game is over! Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Rami Lavi, and we had an incredible football game. The Jets have an amazing victory, a walk-off punt return for a touchdown by an undrafted rookie free agent. There was a minor injury involved in the game also. We'll talk about all of it, and I'm so excited to do it because finally my co-host is here, the great Bilal Powell. Bilal, thank you so much for joining this. This is awesome. I'm excited. Man, I'm excited too, and I'm excited to go on and talk about uh, New York and their, and their season. Yeah, it's a fun season so far. Unfortunately, the hype before the season was one thing. And now I didn't expect to be wearing this BYU Zach Wilson jersey in week two. It's not even week two of this season. Um, and we're already wearing it. But uh, it's going to be a fun podcast either way. I plan on having a lot of fun on here and getting into all that. Yeah, listen, I, I know that was a dagger to us as, a, as an organization, as a fan base, losing Aaron Rodgers. but. I have faith in Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, he played the entire game. Like, let's not forget that. He he played all but four snaps in that game, and he came from being down. He did a good job, man, and I'm excited to see how he grows throughout the season. Yeah, I, again, it's his team right now, according to everyone, so we'll get into all of it. And this podcast, either way, doesn't matter who's on the team, is going to be an awesome podcast. I don't plan on this being a short-term thing. We're going to have fun whether we're doing segments on the shows, guests, live events. You have so many ideas already. We've been talking about this for a couple of days, so I'm excited to to get into it one way or another with you. I am too. I mean, I've already talked to a couple of guys about coming on, joining the podcast. Everybody's excited about it. I think the fans are going to be excited about it. Uh, people here in Louisville are excited about it. I've never seen so many Jet fans. I don't know if that was because of Aaron being in the Jets uniform, but I'm all I've been getting like, 
Jets questions all year. So I'm just excited to get going and get talking about this, man. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was, uh, I, they posted, the Jets official account posted a, like a collage of all the pictures of all the celebrities who are at the game. I was like, here's a list of people who left four snaps into the game, you know? That's it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but listen, it, it was crazy. Yeah. And so you were there. I want to talk about that first. I want to hit that first because you were there. Your first career game was 9-11 and it was the 10-year anniversary, correct? Yes, it was. Versus the Cowboys. That was a big, big exactly. game. And I had the Buckeyes. <laughs> yeah. And so my my question for you is kind of like, how does the atmosphere compare 9-11 Monday Night Football with Aaron Rodgers versus your first career game ever? You were at both. Obviously, one as a fan perspective a little bit more, one as a player on the field. Uh, just give me, take me through some of that experience. Well, I think it started in the tailgating. Uh, I had an opportunity to tailgate with a couple of friends and before it started pouring down on us, uh, it was a great time. You can feel the you can feel the passion of the Jet fans. Uh, seeing it from a you know a player's perspective, being down on the field, looking up, you're not able to really engage with the fans, you know, because you're you're engaging with the game. But coming in, tailgating, you know, getting a chance to, you know, see the fans, hear what they're talking about. That's a whole different ball game out there, man. And honestly, the Jet fans are very passionate, man. Like very, very passionate. And you know, have an opportunity to see these just the passion coming from all of the fans. I mean, how they engage it. You could just tell they really love Jet football. And man, it was just unfortunate about that injury. But man, I think everyone is still excited about the season. You might as well be. All right. You you bought your tickets. All the season tickets are sold. So show up. <laughs> Hey, I'm a season ticket holder. I agree with you. And that's a thing. Jet fans are passionate. They're excited based on, I've never seen a more, and I make fun of it sometimes on the podcast. I don't try to, but I sometimes make fun of how optimistic the Jets fans are, how almost delusional, like, you know, I'm wearing the Wilson jersey right now. Literally all summer, all we talked about was Aaron Rodgers. And now it's like, all right, but this team won. Let's go. Let's go on to the next thing. It's such an incredible resiliency that, and that was the thing my father my father texted me right when it happens. He's like, dude, we're just building resiliency here. You know, this is this is what it is. It can never be easy for us. Do you feel that as a player? And now, obviously, in media and as a fan, you feel it. But, like, when you were playing for the Jets, did you feel that kind of passion, that the unwavering passion and support that the fans have for this team? Man, I can honestly say every year it was, we signed this free agent, we signed that free agent, and it's like, oh, we're going to win, we're going to win. And then, unfortunately, yeah. something happens. And it's like, oh, the same old Jets. The same old Jets. And yeah. I know everyone got that same feeling when they saw Aaron Rodgers walking off the field. But let's be yeah, so honest. Yeah, talk about man, that. Myself. I mean, you, you, can, you can hear a pin drop in the stadium. You can hear a pin drop. Yeah. And I think everyone was thinking our season is over. But when you look at the team and how it's built right now on paper, this team reminds me so much of that 08-09 team that went on to the AFC Championship with Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez yeah. didn't put up tremendous numbers that year as a rookie or second-year guy. He didn't put up numbers those years. They had a good defense, and they had a good run game, and they had a tremendous special teams. And I think if you do that and you look at how everything's laid out with Zach Wilson, he doesn't have to go out and be an Aaron Rodgers. He just has to be a guy that go out and be able to manage games because you have a great defense, a top five defense. You have a good special teams. And that's what it's going to take. And you have two good running backs. Let's be honest. Yep. Brees Hall coming back 
First game, 10 carries for 121 yards. I, I, it looked like he lost a step there too. But that's what you want to see from your guy who you depended on, who really, in everyone's eyes, was like, okay, we lost Brees Hall last year. You should be excited about what you saw from Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, two, two guys that could be workhorses. Zach Wilson, listen, just manage the games. Let your defense help you out. Take care of the football. And when we get in the red zone, we have to score. Honestly, that's it. And I think the Jets are going to still have a good year this year. Yeah, and that's that's the hope. I mean, there's no reason for them to think that, you know, they're going to have a bad year. And you mentioned something so funny to me uh, when we talked yesterday, what the feeling was like in the stadium, just right when the injury happens. I don't, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember what you said? No. What was I saying? <laughs> Oh no! You said that you're like it was like going to a concert and they cancel the tour right as the, the the artist is about to go on stage. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's what it felt like. I'm like, listen, you paid your money, you might as well go ahead and enjoy the second artist, the guy the guy that opens up the show for the for the main guy. I mean that's what it you is know, with Zach Zach Wilson right now. Honestly, you know what I felt like watching the game on TV, and I don't know if you felt this there or maybe you saw this afterwards, but it felt like Robert Sala had that initial look, the viral picture that's going viral where he's like looks like a ghost which obviously we all did like this is Salah's career too like it's not just like the other players mm-hmm. on the team Robert Sala thinks like I'm I have a chance to be a, a Super Bowl winning coach this year and then he just sees it go out the window in one play but then it felt like Salah okay took that moment but then took his energy to the next level whereas like whenever there was a big hit even if it wasn't the craziest biggest play of the game he was raising his energy almost like to kind of raise the energy of the rest of the team did you feel that i I felt it and he's a great coach for doing that uh he took a moment to be like wow i can't believe this is this happened you know we've tried to take care of this man all season all preseason you know give him a couple you know a couple snaps in preseason he's probably thinking should we have given him more to get him acclimated to being in a, a a live game. But at the end of the day, it's a 100% injury rate sport. Everyone knows uh, it's high risk. Every, 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 every snap, there's risk in this sport. But what I like was how the offense, the receivers, when Zach Wilson made, made the interception, you saw those guys say, hey, on to the next one. On to the next mm-hmm. one. All right. You saw Alan Lazar come up to, to Zach saying, hey, the pressure's off your shoulders, now it's on them. Like, that's what you're going to yep. need. You got to You have to build that. You have to. You have to build that confidence for Zach, especially being a short week going in versus Dallas Cowboys. Right? You hear Robert talking yep. about, yeah, Zach is our quarterback. He has to be. It's a short week. You don't have time to scramble around. You have to depend on Zach being your starter for at least the next few weeks. All right? So, you know, as a coach, you you know, you have these high hopes. You have these expectations. You thought you did everything the right way. Um, you know, taking care of Aaron in training camp and keeping him out of preseason games. And then this happens for plays in into the regular season. Uh, so it almost makes you think like, is, you know, holding your starters out in the preseason, is it, is it, is it as big as you think it is? You know what I mean? Like from a player that I never had the opportunity to sit out in preseason games unless I was injured, I had to play through, which helped me out a lot to get, you know, get to get me ready for the season. Because practice, practice speed and game speed is totally different. Is totally different from an offensive line standpoint, from from a quarterbacks, dropbacks, all everything is just totally different. Being able to move faster and all these different things, and you know, it was just a freak accident. And hopefully, we can overcome this, man. 
Yeah, and one of the things you talked about was kind of the energy around the team and the, the players coming over to Wilson, the wide receivers. Look, this is all a culture that Aaron Rodgers built, right? This is a culture that he mm. built. Um, so two questions on that, because I, I kind of want to ask you, you've been in NFL locker rooms. First of all, at halftime, when they went in there, and you know, we obviously know Garrett Wilson went on with, with uh, Bart and Alan Hahn um, and talked about how he went over and, and Rodgers just said to him, sorry, kid. You know, so they obviously saw Aaron in there, but you're down 13 3. It feels like the season's over before it started. Do you think Aaron was in there trying to motivate the guys, trying to build them up? You've been in an NFL locker room. I don't know what the worst, I was trying to go through your career, figure out what the worst, when, was it when Fitz injured his thumb? What was the worst injury in your career that felt like it derailed the season? I'm thinking when Fitz, when, when Fitz uh, broke his hand. That, in that 16. Big, yeah, that was that was that was huge for us um as a team, as an offense. But I, I I'm sure Aaron, Aaron probably was in the back with the doctors just trying to figure out what was going on, uh, just trying to get his imaging, uh, hoping for the hoping for the best um uh, coming out of that situation. Right. But I think the leadership probably came from you know the defensive guys. They know how good they are. I'm I'm sure yeah, Robert. For sure. Uh, stepped in. I'm, I'm sure he stepped in and, and said a few things. You know, you make your adjustments at halftime. And at this time, like, you won all the way out of the game. It was still a winnable game at that time, even when you lost your starting quarterback. So, you know, you have to applaud the defense for that, for doing what they did versus uh, uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, you know, stuff. Uh, you know, all these guys. So you make your adjustments. You go out. And at the end of the day, you come out, you say, hey, they know what we're doing. We know what they're doing. And you have to, it all comes down to making a making a play. Who's going to make that play at the end of the day? And Zach, Zach Wilson made that play. He made the same exact throw to Garrett Wilson on that back shoulder. The same exact play that Aaron Rodgers did in the New York Didn't Giants exactly game. reach the, the back same, shoulder, but yeah. <laughs> it, but, it got, but it got there. So you're starting to see some of the things, you know, you, now from Zach, like, as a staff, you, you're like, okay, he made the same throw. It's, okay, so he's starting to understand it. And I think he's going to continue to build that confidence uh, for the rest of the season, man. Yeah, and one of the things you mentioned was how you start coming back into the game. People start making plays. I credit the fans so much because no one left. No one. I, I said the celebrities might have left, yeah. but the real fans, they didn't leave. They were there. They're Jet fans. They The energy in the stadium in the second half was incredible. And that's so crazy to go from what felt like a funeral for the first, for like literally two hours, it felt like a funeral in that building. And then the energy in the second half, and I have a, a weird take on it, but what was your take? I felt like the Garrett Wilson touchdown, I just, there was an energy and an emotion that came out of me that I didn't let out for the last two hours. Like I went numb when Rodgers got hurt. And then all of a sudden when I saw Garrett make that catch, I just felt this surge of energy. You felt that in the crowd, right? Yeah. I'll tell you this. I had an opportunity to go up to Alumni Alley, and it was all the way in the 300 section. You talk about the passionate fans. I thought the passionate fans were sitting all the way at the top. I, I felt the passion being all the way at the top. I mean, and we're talking about a game where it was pouring down before the game. That's where my seats are, by the way. <laughs> you know, but those, I feel like those are the passionate fans. And, you know, I, I from a fan standpoint, just sitting there, you know, you can't see everyone standing up when you're on the field because you're focused, you're locked in. But I took a time to like really sit around and watch the fan base. And what I saw was 
a fan base that did not sit down the entire game. Everyone was still on the edge of their seats. And I think that was the hope of, come on, Zach, come on, Zach, come on, not again, not again, on, living on the edge. And I, I, you have to applaud the fan base for doing that because there's been times where we saw, we saw, we saw the stadium clear out. Yeah. And, you know, as players, you know, it does, it does something to us as players when we see our fans leaving and then it turns into uh, a visitor's game, home game. You know what I yep. mean? So for the, for the fans to sit there and engage for the entire game, I think that's what led to the big moment. It led to that big moment later in that game. Um, and I, like I said, man, I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited for the fan base to, to understand that they have a top five defense. They have a very good special team unit. And I think right now the New York Jets fans organization rally around Zach Wilson. We know everybody else is, is they're, they're the superstars, right? But let's rally around Zach Wilson right now. Uh, let's not talk about right now going to get a quarterback. You can't do that to him right now. Not in this situation. Yep. Not on a short week going into to Dallas Cowboys and then, you know, then getting into a divisional the week after. Like, Zach Wilson is our quarterback. And let's take it and let's run with it, right? Let's trust, let's trust that our defense is going to keep doing what they're doing week in and week out. Let's find a game plan as an offensive unit. For Zach Wilson, that's going to fit Zach Wilson, not Aaron Rodgers. That's going to fit Zach Wilson. And let's understand that we got two workhorses in the back and we have to establish the run game. And I think we'll be just fine, man. Yeah. And what's so interesting about that is when Xavier Gibson runs back the touchdown, right? I'm watching it and I'm like, this is unbelievable. This is actually happening. And two feelings came over me. I, I had such mixed emotions because I was so excited for the win. I was like, they pulled this out. Look at the team's heart. Look at their soul. Look at their the way they overcame, right? That tells you that this team is gritty. But then I was like, that team is all that. All they need is the, the, the incredible quarterback and he's the one who's gone. Like, so that mixed emotion, it just was overwhelming. It, it it was, and I think the injury really took away from a big Jets victory because all you saw was Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, which we understand. He's a future Hall of Famer, but it took away from the Zach Wilson moment of I rallied my team back for victory. Like, let's be honest. We're not sitting here saying that the, the Buffalo Bills season is over and Josh Allen had one of the worst games yep. he's had in his career. Yep. You know what I mean? We're not sitting there. They're not sitting there saying that the Buffalo Bills season is over. All right. So I'm looking at it like, okay, we just beat arguably one of the best teams in the division with Zach Wilson. We we should be applauding ourselves. We should not let Aaron Rodgers' injury like dictate the rest of our season right now. It's too early for that. Because if you if you already checked out, then we won't win the rest of our games. Okay, so yeah, no, I, I feel like, you know, for me, just let's rally around Zach Wilson and uh, and let's see. Yeah, but at some point, and again, I don't want to push back on this because I agree, like they're 1-0. Like the Chiefs are 0-1 and they, and they have no wide receivers, right? Like yeah. you could be in worse situations. The Giants lost, just lost 40-0 and yet it feels like the biggest loss of week one was the team that actually rallied and won. Like it's, it's a crazy yeah. feeling. What I'll say is this though. The expectations change. Like this was a Super Bowl caliber team. It's a Super Bowl caliber roster still. But what's the expectation now? Maybe they sneak into the playoffs. 
do you believe they'll sneak, in, sneak into the playoffs? I think they can, but that's totally different. That's a totally different expectation. Like, I'd be happy with the playoffs this year. I know they haven't made the playoffs since the year before you showed up, right? So it's a long time. So that's that's great. But when a week ago, our expectation, I was looking at pictures on my phone. And this is like, I was looking at, I was scrolling through because I was trying to find, I don't know if you saw the video I posted. I put put, it, put out already the intro that's going to be on this episode. And I, I was looking for the frame, that, that kind of frame that goes around that says our names on it. And I was I had it on my phone saved last week. And I I, I had it on Thursday. And I was looking through the pictures and I saw the picture that I posted on Thursday evening when I was getting ready for opening night, Thursday night football, and how excited I was for the football season. And it made me sad because I was like, it's such a different expectation than what I had now. Everything reminds me like mm. I was in... Like I, I was walking around and maybe I shouldn't be because it's such a big win, but I was moping around my apartment on Tuesday. I just had to get out of the apartment. I was like, got to get out. I'm, I'm ruining everyone's day. I'm ruining the vibe here because I'm so depressed. So I went to go get a sandwich and I saw a friend that I haven't seen in like two months and he pulled up and he, he rolls down his window and he just looks at me and goes, hey, let's go Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, and that was on Tuesday. The next day I was like, come on, I just flipped him off and I kept walking. I was yeah. like, I, I can't right now. It was devastating to me. And yet at the same time, like you said, this is like the most exciting team we've had. It's probably since your 2015 team. I know. it, And and so a kid sent my son uh, a message in a, in a group chat that he has with his friends. And it was like, bye-bye, Rogers. Bye-bye, Rogers. That, that, yeah, that's yeah. what he sent. So... Um, after the, after the prompt return, I, I posted it on my on social media feed of, you know, Baba, no, how about Baba Buffalo? Because we just yeah. beat you guys without Aaron Rodgers. And, and fans have to realize that losing Aaron Rodgers and then winning a game, a football game, that's telling you how good our team really is. Like, I know the expectations have shifted. I know everybody probably thinking like, man, I'm ready to sell the rest of my tickets for the rest of the year. I don't even know if I want to come to a Jets game because of that. Because sell you know, your tickets. Years, we... The value drops. Don't sell them yet. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so for me, I'm like, man, as a player, and I'm just putting myself in a player's perspective, right? Yeah. Um, it's a long season, and then you know, for us to go into a short week, playing on a Monday, and then going into a short short week versus a good football team. You have to you have to forget about that, but I know Jet fans they will they will they won't let you forget about certain things. Uh, you know that's gonna be the talk of the town. So now as a as an organization as a team, those guys man they're gonna have to say hey we got to block out everything around us. We got to focus on what's inside the building. We can't worry about what's going on upstairs and what what you know management is going to do with bringing in a quarterback. We have to do what we do, and and now I think the way Robert built this team and Joe Douglas built this team having a team full of leaders not just good football players but good leaders I think they're going to take advantage of hey guys it's about us it's about us and, and no one else if they show up they show up if they don't they don't we still have to go out and play an entire season and that's going to be very big and I think guys like Quentin Williams is going to step up be a leader guys like CJ Mosley going to step up and be a leader on the, you know, and for me, it's all about those guys that's leading on the defense, going to Zach Wilson and saying, hey, we have your back. 
and Zach yep. Wilson feeling welcome. We have to make Zach Wilson feel welcome. Like let's tell, yep. let's really celebrate his his victory. You know what I mean? Versus a, versus a divisional opponent. Hey, we're one and zero in the division. One and zero in the yep. season. That's yeah, as good sure. as you. You know, Rex Ryan used to say these these costs these are two point games, not yeah, one point games. Exactly. These are two point games, and let's let's not forget that as a fan base. Yeah, and you know what? So we'll talk about that in a second. I just for uh, one thing I did want to say about that is everything we saw in Hard Knocks from like the Rex Ryan speeches, or not Rex, sorry, Robert Sala speeches from this year was um, was about how you know we're the team that's being chased. We have the target on our back. Well, now you don't have that. Now you're the underdog again. And almost like if the team can rally around that mentality of, hey, we're the underdog. We're the one who's who everyone, no one expects us. Maybe it totally changes the vibe on this team and they actually come at you harder because they feel like they need to prove something. Right now, there's nothing to lose. And now I feel like the the weight of what the the rest of the, the outsiders were saying about the organization, it should be off your shoulders now. Right, everybody's saying, oh, yeah. no, now is not even a Super Bowl contending team. You won't hear that for the rest of the season now that Aaron Rodgers is out. So now it's like, hey, now it's really taking it one week at a time and, yep. and, and really just saying, hey, we have nothing to lose, right? right? Everybody's taking us off this pedestal now because we lost, <laughs> we lost Aaron Rodgers. So now it's like, let's just go play football. Let's just go play yep. football. And, and New York Jet fans need to realize that they have to show up every week. Every week. Now, before we had Aaron, Aaron's injury, it was, oh, we could be in every game, every weekend. Now it's like we're holding our breath again. And I feel like the Jets organization is saying, again, uh, every week. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like now everybody's holding their breath. Everybody was holding their breath the moment he walked off the field and we had to go with Zach Wilson. I think that's what kept everybody on the edge of their seats. Like every every yeah. every rebel was like, you know, Zach, get something going. Every week is a new week. Let's move on to Dallas. Let's see how he does. And let's take it from yep. So let's talk about Zach. Let's talk about Dallas. We'll talk about all that. First, we got to take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about all of that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, coming back uh, on In-Flight Snack with Bilal Powell and I'm Rami Lavi. I had a question for you, Bilal, because this is so interesting to me. I was putting together the highlight video for, I don't know if you saw the intro video I posted late last night or technically early this morning, but I was going through some of your career highlights. Do you ever sit back and just think to yourself like, damn, like I am a like top 0.001% of athletes in the world. Like you must've worked really hard to get to that point. But like, to me, it still kind of trips me out that like you're at that, like like to be an NFL nine year NFL running back is crazy. Do you ever like sometimes think back at like, wow, my God, my, this is my life. Uh, I mean, for me, I look back every day of my life thinking I did this for nine years, like nine, nine years. And it was hard work. I don't think people realize the the amount of time you put in toward this game, not just during the season, but in the off season, 
Like I, you know, you have to, it's year round with your conditioning, you know, it's year round with what you put in your body. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the talent margin is small. So talent alone is not going to get you through at this level. So it's all about how consistent you can be as a professional when preparing, you know, nine years I was in New York and I had seven offensive coordinators, right. oh, <laughs> four general God. managers, you know, three head you coaches. Like, it, it, so it was, it was insane. Uh, the amount of time that I had to spend uh, away from my family, you know, doing what I love ever since I was younger. Uh, but it's it's definitely a, a business, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand that side of it. Uh, how hard it is to stay on one team for nine years, and you see some guys who they start on top of the hill, and in a couple years, man, they they are on a decline. And for for me to stay, you know, on one team for nine years was insane. And I look back on it, and I'm like, wow, I, I really did that. And you know, sometimes I have to get reminded by my wife was like. She's like, hey, you did that for nine years on one team. Like, that's unheard of. You know what I mean? And I think everybody that, you know, pretty much comes around like, man, you, I can't believe you did that. You know, most of my dudes that I played with, they were like, I can't believe it. And that's something you take so much pride in. I think you're a fan favorite for a reason. I think one of the reasons is you did it with one team. Your whole career, you wanted to be a Jet and a Jet only. Why was that so important to you to stay with the Jets throughout your career? Man, when they drafted me, just the amount of uh, interest they had in me, uh, senior bowl, the season, the combine, uh, you know, coming in on visits. And I, at the time, I was like, I, I love Rex Ryan at that time, man. And uh, he, he was just like, hey, I want you to come be you. I don't want you to be LaDainian Thomason. I don't, I don't want you to be Sean Green. I don't want you to be, you know, uh, the late Joe McKnight. I want you to be Bilal Powell. And, and this is why we want to draft you. And they drafted me exactly where they said they wanted to draft me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I took that to heart. I'm like, man, this team took a, a chance on me, on a guy who only had one productive year in his college career. And that was my senior year. And they took a chance on me in a, with a good pick, fourth round at 126. That's a great pick yep. as a running back. That's a great pick. So I was like, you know what, man, I'm I'm all in. I'm all in for Rex. I'm all in for the organization. I'm all in for my my teammates. And, man, I just knew that. So New York Jet fans, all right, this is a hate of love, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where they hate you, they hate you, they'll run you out of town. But if they love you, man, they embrace you. And I think, you know, after a couple of years, I started becoming that that fan favorite. And, man, I just fell in love with with the area. I mean, from my family, you know, being embraced, for people around the area to, you know, people that we knew out in the city. And, you know, honestly, it's one of the best cities in the world. You know, it's my favorite city in the world. And I'm just glad I had the opportunity to play nine years there and and, and have something that I can go back to and call home, honestly. Yeah, and so awesome because you talked about Rex and the podcast is obviously named for Rex. Um, so <laughs> at some point we'll have to we'll have to get him on. We'll have to talk to Rex about that. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you still have a good relationship with him because he said he started that. He started that whole process for you. Uh, it all started actually on a Sunday night game against Dallas. So as we shift towards week two, we'll talk about Zach Wilson in a second because he's the quarterback moving forward. But Dallas week two. The Jets are 3-0 and in their last three games against Dallas. You played, you were on the field for all three of them. You played in two of them. In fact, you were the leading receiver. I don't know if you knew this, but in 2015, you were their leading receiver 
in that game against Dallas. Did you know that? I didn't. No, yeah. I, I kind of have an idea, but I don't remember that. That's crazy. Yeah, you had like seven catches and some, uh, 60 yards or something like that, but you were the leading receiver. And that's so interesting. Another thing you talked about, they didn't want you to be Sean Green. They didn't want you to be LT. You were your own person. I, we talked about this on the phone the other day. You kind of almost invented this new way of playing running back. We see guys like Tony Pollard now. We see guys like Austin Eckler who catch so many patch, passes out of the backfield. I guess Jamal Charles kind of was in your time also mm-hmm. who was doing that a lot. So that was a new way of doing it. Do you feel like you were kind of one of the leaders in that, one of the people who was leading the charge? I, I, pioneer is the word I'm looking for. Honestly, I can't take credit for it. Uh, obviously, there was a time early in my career where it was ground and pound football. And yep. then toward like the you know middle to the end of my career, it became that rece- you know receiving back out of the backfield. So I think I just kind of like met the right time. Uh, for for that for that uh, type of bat, and you know you when you, when you have a Chris Ivory, who who was a guy who you know was able to run in an eight man box, mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't trying to do that. So <laughs> you know I, I just I just mastered my craft, and it created so many uh, perfect matches for us uh, from an offensive standpoint to put defenses in a in a tough situation. But man, honestly. I look at the guys now, like Tony Pollard. I respect Tony's game. I like I like running backs like that. And you know, there was times where I had the opportunity to leave as a free agent to go play uh, over in Kansas City when I think Jamal Charles ended up getting hurt and he, he moved on and playing these type of offenses where they utilize running backs like that. New England Patriots they called twice, uh, but I wanted to stay. A, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad yeah, you never I did that. Yeah, me too. You know, what I mean? you'd be on a Pat's podcast um, right now. <laughs> Um, but you know, honestly, man, it's, it's, it's just, a uh, it was a good way of, uh, really accepting my role on the team. And Anthony Lynn, who was my running back coach told me one day, uh, I was upset, man. I'm like, man, I, I'm only getting this many carries. He said, don't count your carries. He said, count your touches. And, yep. and, and then when he said that to me one day, I was like, okay, I'm going to take that and run with it. Yeah. And, so and here d- I am now. That game against Dallas is the perfect example because the one-two punch, Chris Ivory ran the ball 13 times out of the backfield. You only six, but you caught the ball seven times, all seven targets, buddy. Good for you. And you scored a touchdown in that game also on the on the ground. You actually ran for a touchdown in that game. So Ivory was more, yeah, kind of the ground and pound guy, but it was such a good balance to have you, especially with a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick who doesn't have the biggest arm in the world, to have that that weapon out of the backfield. One of the videos I posted was your touchdown against the Giants, right? That kind of slip screen that one of Jeff Van's favorite plays of your career was that slip screen where you kind of, you come across the formation, come in front. Um, so again, I think like it's such a special thing that you, you know, that you kind of had that here. Yeah. And looking back on the Dallas Cowboys game, uh, that really put us on that roll that year in 2015, yep. where we, I think we ran off with five games and, Honestly, man, it, it was one of those things where you had a Ryan Fitzpatrick back there. And Ryan, Ryan used to be like, hey, Blau, get out. You know, yep. don't even get don't even get to proper depth. Like if I was supposed to get the five, he said, Hey, get the two, turn around, I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, this is all going on in the game. So, you know, you you have to uh you have to appreciate quarterbacks like Ryan Fitzpatrick who 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 sees things before it happens and he's giving you the heads up, uh stuff like that, man. But you know, I'm excited to see this team go in to Dallas, which I think is going to be a, a defensive game. Two good defenses. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, two good defenses. I think it's going to turn down to which quarterback can take care of the football, which team so, can run the football. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you bring up Ryan, you bring up the taking care of the football. We know the defense is going to be huge, but it's going to come down to Zach Wilson. This is Zach's team now. That's what Robert Sala said. That's going to be a key factor in this game. Robert said it's Zach's team. Now, if you watch the press conferences last year, he said that a lot, and I felt like it was anything but Zach's team. When you have the guys on the team wearing Mike F and white jerseys and T-shirts, mm. what does that do to a quarterback? And how do you think this time around it feels like it's going to be different? You saw already Brees Hall tweeting out, we trust two, right? Like It feels like already it's different. The video on the sideline from Lazard and those guys, do you think that Zach feels that it's different, that it feels like, hey, this is my team and I got this now? I think he does. I think he realizes it. And he had to settle down. You saw when he came into the game, you know, they handed it off, they handed it off, they handed it mm-hmm. off. But you that's build that's them building his his confidence. Yeah. And, and that's them saying, This is his team. We have to make it his team. Right. All the things that happened last year, year before, that's out the door. Zach, this is your team moving forward. Understand this is a business. All right. Let's be honest. It's a business. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna bring guys in to win. Right. They, at the end of the day, they drafted you very high. They still have somewhat of a, an expectation of you. So now you have the opportunity again to show everyone that you are a franchise quarterback. And maybe you need needed to sit down behind Rodgers for a few months to really learn language and learn and understand the game plans and understand where the ball should go. And Zach Wilson is athletic, right? If all yep. if all else fails, he can take off and, and, and run the ball. He can run the ball. So he's got to be decisive, you know, though. He he has to be, you know. But do you? But do you? You think Zach Wilson can go in and beat Dallas Cowboys with the way Dallas played? the New York Giants last week. I'll get to that in a second. We'll talk about game predictions in a second. But before that, like, I feel like sometimes the team is talking out of two sides of their mouth because you you say one thing, but you do something else. You say this is Zach's team, but hey, we expect Rodgers to come back next year. You say this is Zach's team, and you go for it on fourth down. Like that was huge in the game. They, they they trust Zach to run the quarterback sneak. That was the best quarterback sneak I've seen this team running probably since 2015. They run it properly and run the quarterback sneak, execute it perfectly on fourth down. And then after picking up the fourth down late in the game, they go hand it off to just turn around and hand it off three times. And it wasn't even like they had Brees back there. They handed it to Cook three times, right? So how do you kind of balance that where it feels like in one side, it feels like they really trust this kid and they say they trust this kid. But on the other hand, it feels like they're limiting him. Honestly, I think that was just a situational thing from the New York Jets. Going forward on fourth down, uh, Robert Sala, uh, trusting his defense, who's been who played a great game all yep. game, putting it on them, saying, "Hey, if we don't get this, we trust you guys to keep them uh, out of the end zone or in out of field goal range." Getting that first down, understanding the situation, they had two timeouts at the time. Uh, I think yeah, two timeouts. Yep. You have to get the first down. You have to run and force them to burn their timeouts. Yep. You know, and, and and be safe with the football down here. Let's just get points out of this, put our defense back on the field. I think that was a good call. Um, it was a gutsy call, but it was a gutsy call from saying, Hey, I have a good defense. And also, I'm gonna run the ball, take care of the football, put points on the board, and then force my defense, who I believe in, back on the field. 
I think it was a good call by uh, by coach, and it was gutsy. Everybody was holding their breath, but it was a gutsy call. And I think that right there should let you know what type of team this is moving forward. Guys, teams that are going to take risks, teams that understand that the the strength of our our team is our defense, and all we have to do is take care of the football in situations like that. So just my background for a second of people listening to this. If you didn't listen to the first 11 episodes of the podcast, I understand Bilal's a much bigger name than me. That's fine. That's cool. <laughs> uh, but welcome to the podcast now. I appreciate you having here me uh, having us. Uh, I work for WFAN, New York Sports Talk Radio, obviously. When you're trying to fill 24-hour content of sports talk, a lot of the things they're talking about are potential replacements for Zach down the road. A lot of the things they're talking about are... Is he the quarterback after next year if he succeeds slash doesn't succeed? All these different things that happen for you. Um, in, like We don't want to talk about any of that, right? We want to talk about this game because it's Zach's team now. So moving forward, we'll talk about that if we have to. But right now, let's talk about this game. Let's talk about the game plan. What do you think the game plan is going into Dallas? You asked me a question earlier. I think Zach Wilson can beat the Dallas Cowboys. If the defense plays the way they play, I saw what happened with in the Giants game with Dallas winning 40 nothing. First of all, they're coming home now. They're feeling themselves they're like, oh, we just won 40 nothing. We went into New York, divisional opponent. That defense is flying all over the place. The one thing people forget, the first drive of the game, what did the Giants do? They ran it right down their throat. And then the second drive of the game, after the, the drive ends terribly, right? There's a penalty, there's a drop, there, there's a drop and a fumble, right? And all of a sudden, you have a blocked field goal and it's going back the other way for a touchdown. Crazy fluke situation. You're down seven, nothing right away, right out the gate. But the thing about that is they were down seven, nothing, but they weren't out of the game. And then they decide to come back and throw the ball three times after you just ran the ball down their throat, three incompletions later, it's three and out, you're punting it away. And all of a sudden it's 14, nothing. So to me, the vulnerability, the way to slow down that crazy pass rush of the Cowboys is to run the ball down their throat. You have two backs, three if you include Michael Carter, who's a really good back also, run the ball down their throat. And Zach only has to make two to three throws a game in order, the whole game, if he makes three third down throws, they can win this game. What do you think about this game? I think you have to establish run. Establish run, I think you you come out, you give Zach Wilson uh, pass concepts with the balls coming out quick. Give get them in a rhythm, get them in a rhythm, get the run game going, right? And say defense, step up when it's time to step up, take care of the football. Zach, don't force anything. Take off if you need to, take what you can. But honestly, it's going to come down to the offense staying in front of the chains, not yep. forcing second and longs, third and longs, where Zach is trying to force balls down the field or he's he's holding on to the ball. Oh, if you have second you have long, to, you won't even get a chance to force it down the field. Michael Parsons is going to be in your face. Exactly. So you have to stay in front of the chains. And you stay in front of the chains by getting the ball out quick, establishing a run game. You have two guys where you can run in and out. Uh, Brees Hall, uh, use use him now in the pass game. We forget yep. how, how much we used him last year in the pass game and how explosive he was in the pass game. That it's gives us, that gives us an advantage. Yeah. Exactly. So that gives us an advantage. I would come up with a package where both of these guys are on the field, where you have For to sure. defend a guy that in, in the slot versus a, a linebacker and a guy we can hand it off to. I think those are the type of packages you're going to start seeing now moving forward uh, now that Aaron Rodgers is out. You're going to start seeing a lot of Dalvin Cook and a lot of uh, Brees Hall on the field at the same time in, One guy moving forward. One guy they had on the field a lot in 13 personnel was Jeremy Rucker, a kid out of Long Island. He was incredible on the pass 
in the rush blocking game. He needs mm-hmm. to be on the field so many times. As from the Dallas perspective, I mean, they're going to put eight guys in the box, right? That's that's the, the, what they have to do. So how do you combat that as a Jets offense? How do you combat there being eight guys in the box? How do you take advantage of that? You you have to you have to like I said, you have to find a way to get Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall on the field at the same time. Oh, you have to you have to you have to come out with four wide. You have to force them to get out of the eight man box. And and let's be honest, I, I know that Dallas has two good cornerbacks. Uh and we have to win the one on ones outside. Because if they're stacking the box, that means there's one on one outside. So we have to be very, very conscious of winning. I think as a receiving coach, you say, hey, guys, we're probably going to have to win this one-on-one battle if they start stacking the box. And, and teams are going to start doing that. And the teams are going to start blitzing a lot. So we have to find pass concepts that's going to beat the blitz. means get the ball out quick. Does that mean cross screens from the running back, right? Bluffing on the, on the, on the blitz and, and getting out for a, a screen, some quick screens. I think you're going to have to move the pocket with Zach Wilson. You know, his last option being that he can take off running outside of the pocket. Um, you know, you just have to get creative at this point. But being creative has to fit Zach Wilson. It has to fit Zach Wilson. In the offensive line, let's be honest, that's still a, a point that people are still, you know, concerned about. So everything that we do, we have to realize it has to go around the offense as well. What, what is the offensive line good at? What are they bad at? I think that's an evaluation yeah. you have to have as a coaching staff. What can we do in the run game that's going to help our guys get going? Or what can we do in the pass game that is going to keep Zach protected the longest or the best or keep the pocket clean? Is that max protection? Is that bringing in the extra tight end and keeping him in and running a two-man concept versus a three- or four-man concept? You know, you have to just get creative. You get paid to do it, all right? Put your heads together. Come up with a good game plan. I'm sure none of those guys went home uh, after Monday. They probably went straight to the facility. Yeah, Yeah, they went straight to the facility. Some of those coaches, a majority of those coaches probably slept on the couch in the facility. They they probably watched the corny movie. Yeah, he probably did. (laughs) And then it's on to it's on to the Cowboys. So, like, I'm I'm just interested to see what they're going to do as far as uh, game plan for Zach Wilson now. And and, and now knowing that Brees Hall is healthy. Yep. You know, he was explosive. So For sure. now is now moving forward. Everybody was like, well, you know, they're going to take it easy on putting Brees in. So now we have Brees Hall and let's go. Yeah. And so a couple of things. One, you saw that there was a lot of press one on one coverage with no safety help over the top. Once Aaron went out of the game, specifically on Garrett Wilson. If I'm Nathaniel Hackett, I'm going to Zach. I'm saying. Hey, look for that before every play, because if that's there, just call a go. He's going to beat him off the line of scrimmage. That's an easy score right there. That's an easy touchdown, no matter where you are on the field. When you have the arm strength of Zach Wilson and you have the ability of one-on-one speed that a guy like Garrett Wilson has, that's the one thing I'm looking for. The second thing maybe you can help explain this is why you talked about the strengths of the offensive line. Why would the offensive line be so dominant in the run game, but struggle in the pass game? What can, as like, like the common folk, like uh, like me, und- what can we understand about pass protection versus you know uh, running schemes that makes the offensive line so effective at one, but maybe not as effective as the, at the other? I think just size wise, you know, you have some big boys up front. Mm. I, I think the advantage that we have is just having guys going downhill instead of you know getting into a, a, a drop a drop back pass set. And, and being put on the island versus some of these premier rushers on the edge. 
um, you know, for me, I think I think just running downhill, and, and I said it last week, running downhill is going to be the best thing for us. And you have to look at your, you just have to look at your personnel and say, are we a drop back team? Okay, you know, are, are we a quick game team? Are we a gap scheme team? Are we a zone scheme team? And you have to go with it. And I think right now, running the ball, as we saw last week, is our is our strength right now. Uh, yep. Our quarterbacks, our quarterbacks are not having enough time to throw the ball. So we have to get the we have to get that out of our head until we establish the run. Now establish a run, you're going to see the eight man box. So now, like you said, if you do have a a one on one press corner with no safety over the top, then let's find a way to get him the ball over the top. Yep. You know, and uh, maybe that's just one step and just let it go. You know, maybe that's getting to a slant. I don't know, but honestly, you just have to look at your personnel and say, okay, this is what fits us all the way across the board, and we have to put that in, and we have to emphasize that for the rest of the week going into the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so we talked about the game already. Keys to victory for the Jets. What do you think? Do you have a couple of keys to victory for the Jets? Keys to victory. Stop the run. Mm-hmm. I think you stop the run. I say force, our, our defensive line has to get to that. We have to put pressure on him. Mm-hmm. We know about his history of throwing interceptions, right? Yeah. So let's get let's get him to give us some turnovers. And on our on the offensive side of the ball, we have to establish the run game. And I think a big part of this this game is the third phase of the game, which is special teams. I think we have to go down, tackle the ball, and I think we have to have some explosive returns so that we can flip the field. I think I think with Zach Wilson, our best chance is field advantage, is field position. We have to have good field position for Zach. We can't think he's going to uh, take us 75 yards, 80 yards. We have to have the short field if we're going to have a chance with Zach Wilson. Going yeah, and I, I agree. The ones that I had written down also were the Jets, they won the turnover battle, right? They, they had four, they first four turnovers in the game. That's huge. The defense has to force turnovers again. Dak Prescott was playing from ahead the whole game. He didn't have to take a single chance in that Giants mm-hmm. game. He's going to have to take chance against this Jets defense. That's when you take advantage and force the ball first and to turn it over. We know Josh, Josh Allen at times is turnover prone. The same thing, like you said about Dak. The one thing the Jets defense didn't do last game was score, but special teams did. So also, maybe you could get a defensive score. Maybe you could get a special team score. The defense and special teams led them to victory last week. You had one throw from Zach. You had a couple of big, a, a key run here, a key dive there on fourth down. But other than that, it was really just the defense and the special teams. I think, again, it's going to be the same thing, defense and special teams. What do you think or who do you think is the X factor in this game for the Jets? This game is going to have to be Garrett Wilson. I think everybody is banking on what he, what is he going to do versus those two good cornerbacks over there. And yep. we, we all know, we all know uh, Diggs. We we know he's aggressive, right? He maybe you double, maybe, yeah. Maybe you <laughs> double move him. Maybe maybe that's mm-hmm. something that you're you're seeing uh, from an offensive standpoint. We like offensive get a little staff. pump fake. Yeah, let's 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 double move this guy, and, and now and now he's now we're playing to his game, and now he's like, okay, I got to watch the double move, and then we just we just force we force Garrett Wilson the ball underneath, and and maybe he makes him miss, and and he can create some explosive plays. Yeah, so I think Garrett Wilson is going to be the X factor, though. I think so. Yeah. My X factor, I had Zach Wilson. So again, mm-hmm. it's it's very similar. It's the same type of thing. If Zach Wilson can go 18 for 
26. And that's not like a crazy good game, but 18 for 26, 200 yards, throw a touchdown and don't turn the ball over. Then they're going to win this game. Like, I truly believe that. This defense is that good. This run game is that good. So I think Zach Wilson staying within his game and understanding he doesn't have to do too much. You don't have to be Aaron Rodgers. You got to be Zach Wilson. I think it's so important for this game. So a couple of things. You got to give us a score prediction and you got to give us who do you think, which Jet is going to score a touchdown in this game? Okay, my score prediction, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to go 27 27-17 Jets. Okay, I like it. I like the optimism. And who's who's scoring a touchdown for you? Uh, the first touchdown is going to be Dalvin Cook. All Dalvin right. Cook, I'll, I'll take Dalvin. All right, so I have similar. I kind of... My touchdown, I have rescoring. I think, you know, we saw he's back last week. He was on the snap count a little bit, but he was back. He was Brees again. I think he breaks through. I think he gets in the end zone this week. He would have had a touchdown last week if Garrett Wilson's blocking downfield. Don't tell anyone yeah. that. But well, because he, he thought he was gone. He yeah, was like, exactly. oh, yeah, Brees is gone. But hey, <laughs> this, is, this is not last year. He was out exactly. there with me. Exactly. Yes, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I talked to J.K. Dobbins about it last year when I worked with the Ravens, how he said, I had that initial burst coming back from the ACL. I just couldn't finish. Like, I would lose my motor halfway through. So. Maybe Garrett needs to remember that he doesn't have that finishing speed yeah. yet. He needs to he needs to catch up still. Um, so I have, but I have him breaking through in this game. Unfortunately, I do think the Jets will keep it close, but I think they'll lose. I have Dallas winning twenty four to seventeen. Um, mm-hmm. I know one when, when you were in the league, uh, you couldn't bet against the games. Gambling is a huge part of the sport now. If you don't want to do this, I could do it. But the spread right now is minus nine and a half for Dallas. I think that's an overreaction to them winning 40 nothing. It's an overreaction to Rodgers. I like the Jets to cover the number, and the over-under in the game is 38.5. I think it's going to be close right around that. I think I take a slight over on that, and I think uh, Dallas, or I think the Jets cover the 9.5. What do you think? Uh, I think they cover the 9.5. Yep. Uh, and you, I mean, you had them to I win. Have them winning, so <laughs> yeah, I exactly. have them winning. Yeah, exactly. Right, hold on. Did, did I say 27-14 or 17? Yeah, did you said 27-17. So I'm 2017. 20 to 17? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's get that right, man. Let's get All right. So 20 to 17. Let's do it. We'll put it on the graphic. We'll put tw- uh, Bilal said 20 to 17. All right. That's awesome. Uh, I know we went a little longer than maybe uh, we would have hoped, but we'll get into a rhythm. We're going to do this every week. The Jets season is exciting. It's not over. There's no Aaron Rodgers. We pivot. We move. We recover. Like I said at the beginning, this is resiliency, and that's what you're going to see from this podcast. So Every week, we're going to do keys to win. We're going to do X Factor. We're going to do game predictions and touchdown predictions. And then every Monday episode, because that's the next episode we'll talk on Monday, we're going to do takeaways from the game. We're going to do a player of the game, which I'm going to put up a poll on Twitter. So you can follow me on Twitter. It's down there if you're watching this, at Rami underscore Lavi. You could follow me on Twitter, and Bilal will retweet it also. Um, we will put up a poll with a few options, three or four options with a Jets player. Of the game. Do you want to, this is on the fly right now, do you want to limit it to Jets or do you want to keep it like if the other team wins? Do you want to put someone from the other team on on, on the or you oh, just no, want it's Jets? It's Jets. Okay. Oh, it's so, only Jets. so we're gonna do a Jets player of the game. Bilal will have a choice, I'll have a choice, and then we'll do a fan vote. So whoever you guys choose listening to this right now, whoever you choose as the player of the game is also going to get mentioned on the podcast. We'll do a fan mail maybe on Mondays where you could email in questions. We have tons of ideas. Bilal and I are gonna keep talking about it and keep working on it. So we have so many cool stuff and then Bilal, I don't know if you guys know this, but Bilal played for the Jets for nine years. He's got a lot of connections from the Rex Ryan era to Sam Darnold and, you know, that era. So 
there's there's a whole range of guests that we're going to be bringing on the podcast and it's super cool so um all that stuff is awesome i'm looking forward to doing this with you all season yeah i look forward to it man i'm excited and i appreciate you bringing me on man uh like like i said man i'm, I'm, I'm a jet for life and uh, i'm excited about the, the rest of the season uh let's do it man yeah, well, as a big fan of yours, obviously, it's, you know, it's an honor for me. So this is really fun. I can't wait to do more of this. And no, you're good. You're good. We'll, we'll keep that in because I was just praising you. So I don't want to, I don't want <laughs> but you got to no, go, man. obviously. So uh, we'll throw it to Rex. He'll lead us out of the podcast. All right. All right, man. Appreciate it, man. Let's go to eat a damn snack. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.